Hey everyone, and welcome to FlightCast. I'm Jason Rosewell, and with me as always is Mark Skyhawk Heavy Denton. This is the one and only Infinite Flight Podcast. And Mark, today we have joining us Infinite Flight ATC Manager Tyler Shelton and ATC Moderator Joe Riley. Hello, guys. Hello. What's up? Hey. Well, we uh, guys, we're going to do a shorter podcast episode today. I, I contemplated taking a little bit of a summer break with lots going on with my family and all that kind of stuff and <clears throat> decided, no, you know what? We're going to put one out that's just a little bit shorter. We don't have... Uh, I mean, you guys are all special, but we don't have a special guest today. Um, so we're just going to chat for a little bit and carry on. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. Sounds all right. Uh, it'll do. So Yeah, it's kind of a lazy intro, but yeah, that'll work. Yeah, well, it's a lazy summer. I didn't know we were bringing our C game today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Joe, it's already at least a B because you're we're here with us today. Amen. Don't you there forget it. Is. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, I've been uh, chatting with a few people for for guests um, for the podcast, and as you know, we can really only dive so deep into the infinite flight pool of guests. Um, so, what I've been trying to do lately is introduce some new, uh, maybe I guess you could say prominent. Uh, people in the online aviation world. So we had Steve Thorne from Flight Chops on and who uh, gave Infinite Flight a try for us and we talked a little bit about that. But, you know, it's cool just to chat about aviation in general. And while I want to keep this uh, Infinite Flight podcast, we try and tie some of that in. So having said that, we've got, I think, on the next episode, and I hesitate to put this out there in case it doesn't happen, but I'm going to anyway. Um Steve-O from Steve-O. I think his channel is called Steve-O One Canevo. From and, Jackass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, wrong Steve-O. But oh. uh, this is oh, the... Man. This is, what I would have to do. Yeah, this yeah, is the aviation the Steve-O. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah, but this guy flies a... You guys will have to help me out. He flies a 208 caravan. And yep. what's the other one that he flies all the time? The TBM. The, yeah, the TBM. That's right. So... You know, he rolls up in the dream. <laughs> I know he rolls up in his fancy Escalade or whatever it is, and then skateboards over to the airplane and films the whole thing. And I don't even know what his job is, to be honest. He just flies I'm around. I'm not sure. I kind of got the impression that he was just ferrying aircraft back and forth or cargo or something. Yeah, it could be. Anyway, so I've been chatting with him. He's downloading Infinite Flight. And he's going to fly the 208 around and uh, get a live account. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll uh, get on, hop on some ATC frequencies this week or next week and we'll vector him around and then we'll get on and chat with him. Sweet. He'll have lots to say. So speaking of flying, I actually was up, uh, as you guys know, I'm not a, a pilot yet, but um, hopeful pilot eventually and uh so i got a, a i'll give a shout out to my buddy ian and his wife carrie um just friends of my wife and i they gave me a lifeexperiences.ca gift for my birthday in june and it was 40 minutes in uh, advanced ultralight aircraft which is a tl3000 and you guys should check that out it's a as mark would call call it a go-kart with wings i think that's what you said was all it? it is <laughs> Yeah, but this thing had a Garmin uh, G G three X in it, uh, flight display, and it was it was comfortable, small but comfortable. Well, hell, take your iPad, and that way you can have four flight in it too. There you go. Uh, so we went up in that, and and this guy will do whatever. Uh, if you want to sightsee, he'll do sightseeing. If you want an introduction to flying, he'll do that. And of course, I've already had several introductions to flying, so I said, uh, you know, let's make it as close to a flight lesson as possible so he did we did some turns and pattern work and stuff like that so it was great i logged my first official 0 0.9 hours in my logbook 0.9 yeah 0.9 sorry just point nine's all you need yeah just don't let that fog hang you up <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't get into any fog thank goodness there you go tyler how's the ppl going 
Uh, it's going this month has been pretty busy for me. Um, so after the first exam, it's just taken a lot of time to be able to get back. So hopefully after July, I can just knock it out at the very, very last step. Do you feel like you've, while you're waiting, do you feel like you've regressed at all or do you, like, will you have to review a little bit? A little bit, but usually all I do when I'm at work is I'm just studying. Um, I have an oral exam book that I use and I have all the notes that I've taken, um, Usually whenever I go to a lesson, I always have like a little notepad next to me. So I'm just taking notes on everything. Um, so probably most people couldn't understand it, but I, I kind of, it refreshes my memory from what we went over, whether it was weight and balance or any other uh, performance formulas or whatever it was. So I'm, I'm constantly studying. So I have a feeling that as soon as August hits, I can just knock this out. Sweet. Make sure you yeah, brush the, up yeah. on your fog types. Yeah, exactly. And uh, don't you use that, that examiner. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, you know, Tyler being on that, uh, on the uh, decelerated flight training uh, with the examiner that he had is just ridiculous. Yeah. And for the listeners that, that don't know, I um, went to a particular examiner here um, that my local airport, airport was using. And uh, come to find out after not passing the oral exam, uh, neither did the last five people that had taken the oral exam. So um, this person was making quite a bit of money off of people by, you know, failing their oral exam and then making them reschedule. So is that uh, the, needless to say, they are not being used anymore. So is there a is there a separate price for the oral and the practical? Uh, no, typically they would they would be together. So I mean, I guess that was the point is that you know stop them before they even ever get in the plane and then you know, require them to have to pay again for, for that examiner to come back out. Okay. So it was, it was kind of a crappy situation. You, know, you save up all that money, you get to the very end where you're already like kind of tapped out because you've spent a lot to get to that point. Yeah. That's uh, so a, now that's it's a pretty big beat down, especially since restock, keep studying. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since the three of us all know that of, of anybody, you should be a shoe in for that. So that's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Everything went, went really smooth. Uh, all the way up until that point, but we'll finish it. It's all good. Okay. And what's crazy is the the amount that he was charged for his check ride was uh, it was t- almost twice as much as what I paid for mine. Yeah. So I mean, and, it was just absolutely. From ridiculous. what I heard, yeah, everybody was paying that. The last five people before me, and there was a few that were um, far more qualified than than I to get their PPL, and they were failed on their. Uh, oral exam as well. Yeah. So, and saying what what he should, and I I would even see that with him charging that much, that if you you know maybe didn't do well on the oral, but you nailed the actual practical part, you know, then it's you know discounted the next time you come back just for oral if you're not doing the whole thing. Right, right, and that's what that's what I thought would happen as well. So now it's looking like um, I, I'm already in touch with a new examiner, so I'll actually go out uh, down to Florida, and that's where I'll do the PPL. And this guy's uh, house, he actually has a grass strip, so my first true soft field landing will be to pick up my examiner. Oh, nice. That's what mine was. <laughs> my first short field and soft field landing. I mean, of course, you can practice on the runways all day long, Oh yeah. but you just don't have that <clears throat> that mental training, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. until you're actually landing on a grass strip and, and a short field. Uh, you actually have real 50-foot obstacles on each end of the runway that you're having to uh, climb over or descend over for the approach. So, yeah, mine was the same way. It was in Florida in Crestview. Uh, first short field, my first true short field, soft field takeoff and landing was done at the uh, Czech Airman's house. Okay, yeah, this one's in Crestview, so I think we're talking about the same person right probably, now. You're probably going to the same one. I <clears throat> landed, taxied up beside his hangar, and basically pulled pulled up to his back door, and that's where I parked my 172. Yep. Tyler, if Mark, there you go. Same. If Mark passed with this guy, you're good to go. Well, yeah, that, that's this what I'm maybe saying. Maybe his son or a family member, because the guy that did mine, he was already 300 years old when I took him up. <laughs> And so he's, he passed away a few years ago, sadly, but, uh, great guy, very monotone. And what's cool is 
he had he asked me if I liked history, uh, and I said, yeah, I love I love history. I love especially aviation history. And uh, he pulled out one of his logbooks and showed me where he had to have an endorsement for I forget what it was for, but uh, his endorsement was signed off by Charles Lindbergh, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh wow, wow, <laughs> no pressure. Well, if that tells you how old this guy was. Speaking of no pressure, I mean, you you'd feel pressure already, but with the first experience this guy's going to have is you landing in front of him. Oh, he probably won't. Yeah, so he's watching your technique. He's watching all of it. Yeah. Cool. Well, good luck to you, man. We'll be excited to hear how it goes. Appreciate it. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. So we, um, I just got some updates from Infinite Flight while we've been chatting here. And uh, one of our developers, uh, Laura Lebon, she has let me know that um, I said, hey, any. Anything you want me to mention on today's podcast? <clears throat> and she said, uh, yeah, the update's taking a little bit longer than they hope just because they're working on uh, some optimizations. So little bullet list here. They're obviously preparing for global. So if anybody was ever in doubt that global flight was coming, uh, it certainly is. Uh, she said, we need to reclaim some CPU and GPU cycles before we can move on. I guess that means something, I'm sure. Like, that means so my phone doesn't crash ah, all the time. Okay, so they're working on right, something. Right, and ultimately they have to like lay the foundation for global while staying within our current configuration. So you're trying to, you know, progress and make everything a little bit better and get it ready for one thing, but you still have to try to maintain what we already have. So sometimes it doesn't always line up, and that's yeah. And what, where well, we're at right now. while they're trying to add awesome things, they're also breaking a lot of things in the process. So um, this is true, but. Uh, but I will say it will be worth the wait. Oh, yeah. The last few, it, it has run smoother than I think I've ever experienced it. it yeah, and, and I don't know if this is a thing or not yet, but ooh, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> no, say it, but then bleep it yeah, out. Yeah, okay. I, no, I was just, while I was flying with Joe and Tyler last night, and um, when I was finished, I flew with Tyler first, did a whole bunch of circuits, and then Joe and I did a whole bunch of uh, touch and goes around Hawaii. And when I finished, there was no floating point bug. Like I was oh, just we were as, sliding all over the tarmac yeah, and stuff. I was just as smooth as when I started. I don't know if that's because I kept it below. A were you back at the altitude. same airport or no different airport? No, we were hmm. from uh, Dillingham, you know, all around down, and landed at. At uh, H&M. Yeah. Actually, I noticed that last night too. Um, before I went to bed, it was probably about one o'clock or so. But um, I just did a short flight. I saw San Francisco was open, and mm-hmm. so spawned at San Francisco and uh, flew to another airport. And my flight plan was like 145, 150 miles, something like that. Uh, and there was no floating issues either. And now that you mentioned that, I, I I remember not, I remember seeing you know my aircraft wasn't sliding left and right zigzagging on the uh, taxi line. So you better Maybe check that before you throw that out there. Yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll have to find out. I mean, it's always fix one thing, it breaks another. You break one thing, and magically this floating issue is fixed. Hey, Mark, so. remember the last week we flew from uh, San Francisco to San Diego. And we didn't have that issue when we landed either. Yeah, and that, gosh, we were on that flight for a long time, but it, uh, it was a lot. yeah, there, that floating issue wasn't there at all. It wasn't present at all. So she's telling me that um, it's gone for global. Wow, nice. She what, said, the floating? Well, yeah, it's gone. She said uh, the only bug shows up right now if you land really far away from your starting point. Uh, but so but global. <laughs> well, no, but it, she she said we could fix it now, but there's no point since global fixes it completely. Right, and that's that's like oh. almost as big of a victory as uh, when we got rid of the floating aircraft one without the landing gear. Yeah, <laughs> that went on for months. Yeah, and uh, she's telling me that I can mention it, so I'm just going to leave all this in. Well, you better bleep out the part I just said. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, all right. So the other thing on the on the list was um, 
that uh, they're working on a lot of memory optimizations. And uh, this is just a really extremely boring part of programming, but it all needs to be done. So users can expect a smoother frame rate with this update, which is Have also you noticed an awesome. uh, improvement on your, on your phone, Jason? Oh, yeah. It's throwing me memory errors, like the little red memory notice. Um, but yeah. I don't notice any. It's all smoother. It's good. Yeah. Yes, and for those wondering what that means, I'm still using my iPhone 5S to f- fly around, which yeah. Mark can't fathom. Hey, when your 5S was working, my 6 Plus wasn't. So, That's true. So, you know, there's yeah. something to be said for that. Yeah, it's been rock solid. Yeah, because I still have my 5S, and, <clears throat> you know, of course, I use it um, to, a paperweight. You know, well, actually, pretty <laughs> much, yeah, it's on the side table, but I keep it charged because I use it for certain things within Infinite Flight or, you know, testing this or whatever. But, um, you know, sitting there, I'm like, how in the world does Jason fly on this thing? Just what I know. That's I, what I've always used. Yeah. Yeah, I I've even tried to text on it recently, and I'm just I can't, I can't. <laughs> well, up until six plus. You know, two weeks ago, I'd done everything on on a phone as well. So oh yes, congratulations to Joe yes. for finally getting his iPad Pro. Yes, yeah, way to go! I know. Thank you. I'll get Thank something you. eventually. It's just there's always there's always other priorities, you know. And I I like my I like flying on my five S. It's what I'm used to. Yeah, flying in the five S is gonna. <clears throat> that'll be more realistic to you when you're flying ultralights. Exactly. So, you know, it'll go hand in hand for you. <laughs> and please, uh, Laura and Philippe, don't don't hear me say that I'm looking for an ultralight in Infinite Flight. I'm I'm not. <laughs> oh, but if you do, God, no. <laughs> no. Please make it free. <clears throat> please make it free. Okay, um, let's let's move on. You guys have... Well, Mark, why don't you talk about uh, a recent video? What have you got for us lately? Well, yesterday uh, I posted the um, the second part of the uh, phraseology flight of X or, you know, meaning flight of two, flight of five uh, for some people like flight of 10. <clears throat> and uh, Joe, you and I've seen that this week several times oh, from a couple man. people. It'll be one aircraft and they're a flight of 10. Sunbed Johnny, flight of 10. That, guys, yeah. that clearly means that they are just out for a 10-minute flight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, and it's crazy because I've heard I've heard people say, well, I thought flight of 10 was the amount of flights that I flew that day um, or how many flights that I was planning on making throughout the day. How uh, old I am? Uh, I thought it was the amount of virtual passengers I had in the aircraft. Um, well, oh, if that you're one, flying a 380, that actually probably the, the closest to <laughs> something that I'd yeah, let I slide. Buy that. <laughs> yeah. If you're in a 380 with only a flight of 10, you're losing money. Yeah, that's true. You don't even need to take off. A caravan but, would be more realistic. <clears throat> that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's important that people understand how to use this phraseology the correct way. Um, especially when there's active ATC because ATC needs to know how to be how to uh, maintain that steady flow, that continuity within the traffic in the airspace. So if you say you're a flight of five, but you're the only aircraft, the you know the the controller's having to take time to look to see if there's other aircraft. He's having to click on other aircraft to see if anybody else is using that same call sign. And where so were it, we the other night when that happened? Miami. Is that Miami? Yeah. yeah. If it's a not a busy airspace. That's not the end of the world, but when you've got, you know, 30 inbounds and you're having to find out, you know, if this, if somebody actually is a flight of 10 or not, that's a, that's a big deal. It is. And it's important that if you're going to use the flight of phraseology, that they understand that the lead aircraft is the one that only communicates with ATC. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, that's what I demonstrated in the video I posted yesterday as Joe and I were flying the Spitfires, um, Matt's um, had opened up San Diego for us. And so uh, you can see where I'm the only one communicating. Now, Joe was dialed in to the same frequency so he could hear the commands, but I was the one that uh, corresponded with ATC, and that's the way it needs to be. Uh, Whether you're a flight of two or whether you're a flight of 10, if you have all the aircraft in there, 
and you're going to be flying in formation in close proximity, then use that flight of and only uh, the lead aircraft needs to communicate so it doesn't clutter up the frequency so much. Um, now, if you're, you know, like what we do a lot of times, guys, you know, the four of us will will fly, but we'll take off, you know, as normal, uh, not all together. And when you do that, that's not considered a flight up. If all of us are communicating with ATC separately, then we don't need to have the flight of in our call sign. Everything is just as normal. If you are going to be, uh, Tyler, help me out on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, distance here, uh, between aircraft. But if you're, if, if there's a one mile gap between the lead aircraft or, and, and the last aircraft, the second aircraft, that's not even a flight of two. Right. If you got that one mile gap. Only a mile. So, yeah. Yeah. Typically it's, it's pretty close. I mean, you have different, um, formation, I guess, limitations and you're up to three miles where it's non-standard. You might have a few miles in trail. Um, but with infinite flight, if you're going to be in close proximity, you call it a formation. Um, so that means if you're going to take off as a formation flight, you should be one after the other on the runway or on the runway at the exact same time. Um, just right. where you can stay pretty close. I mean, if you're five miles apart, you really can't expect controllers to consider you a formation. It's, it's kind of impossible to keep up with. And then on the flip side of that, if you're going into your destination and you want to do what's called a flight split, where you go from a formation down to single... Let's say you have three aircraft. Everybody change their call sign from the flight of three to just, you know, whatever their call sign is. Have the first one, you know, peel off 10 degrees to the left or even 20 degrees to the left. The second one would go 10 degrees to the left, and then the third aircraft would just stay on the same heading. And, you know, you give it five to 10 miles, and you can have pretty good separation just right there. So if you guys want to mess around with that and, you know, try some new things for those that uh, like to fly in formation. It's pretty yeah, cool what stuff. I, what I put out in my infographic the other day is uh, if you, you know, because some people just, didn't, you know, they just want to hear their call sign over the frequency. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. Then everybody take off, but leave, you know, flight of out of your call sign. And then after you take off and tower gives you frequency change approved and you, everybody pairs up and you're flying in a formation, then change it, you know, at that point when you're all flying together. Exactly. But not when you're actually communicating with a uh, tower and all that. So, uh, that way, if there's a center, um, you know, center can actually communicate with the lead aircraft. Uh, but then if you want to communicate individually at your, uh, at your destination, then change everything back and then just communicate separately with ATC. All right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And for anyone who's wondering, we're talking about videos that Mark and Tyler are producing. These are help tutorials, and they can be found at youtube.com slash infinite flight simulator or youtube.com slash infinite flight app, I believe also works. Uh, any other social media outlets you guys want to push while we're here? You guys have a brand new one. Yeah, the Instagram uh, is the brand new one, uh, just at uh, Instagram.com slash Infinite Flight. So it's it's uh, it's actually grown really well. We're already, uh, uh, as of last night, we were already over, we're close to 2,200 uh, followers in just under two weeks. So uh, thank you to everybody who has followed us on Instagram uh, and for all the comments. So uh, it, it's it's really blowing up on that one. Yeah, and I mean, the Instagram is all about the community. So a lot of these pictures are coming from, you know, Mark and I, um, different controllers. Um, but ultimately, we want community involvement as well. So if you have a really great shot that's, uh, you know, clean, crisp, and really shows off live or, you know, any of these new features and stuff like that, tag us on the forum or feel free to shoot us a message and we'd love to, you know, share your picture with everyone as well. Oh, absolutely. And one thing that we were looking for, just so everybody uh, can have an understanding, when we're looking for a picture to share, uh, if you'll notice in all of our pictures, you know, uh, the uh, anti-lazing uh, is turned on. Uh, like Tyler said, everything is real clean, real crisp. Uh, we don't like to post anything that has everybody's call tags on it. 
the runway, um, the runway labels, any of that, you know, make sure none of that is turned on, uh, just so it's basically the aircraft, you know, the, the airport, other aircraft, uh, we, we like to really show the ones with the live, like Tyler said, to where there's multiple aircraft within the, uh, the, uh, picture itself, the screenshot. So, um, you know, send us a message on Instagram. Um, and then also on the, uh, like the events that we have turbulent Tuesday and Friday night flight, uh, make sure that you share your screenshots and, you know, I do go through them, uh, every week and, and look for some to share. And if it's something that I really like, I'll have that person, especially if they post it on Facebook, I'll have that person email me the, uh, the screenshot because, you know, Facebook completely destroys any <laughs> quality. So that I'll have does. them email me the high resolution uh, copy of that screenshot, and that's what I'll share on Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Cool, awesome. So do that, guys. It's a good good chance to get your photo out to thousands uh, of people. Looks like we're getting uh, loads of questions here on. We are. I, <laughs> from I the usually, controllers. I usually ask do some rapid fire the community uh, for questions for these episodes, and so I thought I'd throw something last minute out to our controllers on Slack, and we're getting lots of questions. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for the video update, Mark. Uh, Joe, we've had a, uh, huge response to a post that, that Mark has made in the last few weeks about, uh, ground speed. So do you want to give us a little overview of what the conundrum is and, uh, what, what's being done about it? Yeah, it's, it's been kind of a ongoing issue, uh, that, that I think all controllers and and from the feedback that we've seen, pilots have noticed just the un, totally unrealistic speeds people are are flying in. You know, you've got dash eights going 600 miles an hour, um, which you know is not ever going to happen, um, especially when they're approaching you know controlled airspace. You know, you've got to approach trying to deal with planes coming from you know all directions, going seven, eight, nine hundred knots it's just not going to happen so what what mark tried to do and you know we all discussed it was put something in that you know under most realistic or uh, realistic is a bad word most normal um operations within infinite flight you should not be going more than 550 knots ground speed and the reason why it was done with ground speed and not indicated airspeed is because that's the speed that controllers can see on our screen. We we have no idea what your indicated is. You know, you can make an estimate, but to say, you know, we're going to limit it to 320 indicated, it's just not feasible. Uh, it's not possible. So it was a blanket, you know, hey, just keep it under 550 knots for now. And I think, you know, Mark will agree with me, this was never a permanent solution. And, and that's uh, part of the reason, I guess, people could tell I'm pretty frustrated about this. Part of my frustration is it's not a permanent thing. It, it's, you know, people were talking about, well, you know, what about when you have a 200-knot tailwind? Well, we don't have those yet. So um, people need to understand it's temporary. And I think, you know, Mark and Tyler can probably get into a little bit more about what's being done on, on FDS's end to make it more of a permanent type thing, but just be realistic, be slow. If you want to go fast, go to free flight or above 40,000 feet. It's, so why do you it's think, not that hard of a concept to grasp. Why do you think the, uh, there, there's been a ton of support. Let's not, let's not lead people yeah, astray yeah, here. There's been, been tons negative, of support. But, but yeah. why do you think the outcry has been so huge on this? Well, one of the arguments that I saw that was probably the most ridiculous was, well, if I can do it, then I should be able to. It's if I can fly with a hundred and you know twelve percent, you know, of my N one, you know, hundred percent throttle, uh, why shouldn't I be allowed to do it? And and it's you have to balance. I think you know one of the things I. I posted one of my comments was you have to balance the realistic part with the usable part mm -hmm. and yes you you can do that but you shouldn't and i know in slack i've said it a hundred times just because you can doesn't mean you should 
I feel like I'm going to say that to my kids because I'm already saying it every day. <laughs> but it's uh, just because you can hit me in the nuts doesn't mean you should. Um, it, it's well, I think the biggest thing, the biggest issue, Jason, with this and what prompted this was, you know, we've all seen it for a long time. We, we've seen these aircraft flying 900 knots, you know, in a 747-8, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, once we go global, everything's going to be more spread out. But right now, we're limited in space within the regions that we have. And especially during events, when you've got the past two uh, FNFs have been packed to where we've had 70, 80, even up to 90 flights, I believe, um, <clears throat> within a region. And when you have that many flights going from one airport to another, and you have a couple aircraft that are going 900 knots because one, they don't want to wait in line with approach to land. They want to try to beat everybody there. Um, it, it really messes things up for the controllers when they're trying to sequence everybody. They're trying to get people lined up for the approach and maintain the separation needed to allow for departures uh, at the uh, airport that people are flying to. So it, it really serves no purpose. There's absolutely no reason why anybody should be going 900 knots in an in a airliner within a limited confined region that we have right now is, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you this, you know, I've done this to people before I put this into place is if you're going 900 knots, well, guess what? You call into me with vectors and I see 900 knots, I'm going to vector you away from the airport. Yep. Exactly. Give Every you a, an instruction to slow down and then vector you I'm away. Until you you can, yep. yeah. And if you don't that's like not it fair to everyone else, that's, that's flying, you know, as a mature and ser serious user, as it says on the advanced server description, you know, that they and should be a, cut in line. And as a side note, requesting VFR does not give you the right to bypass an approach. I, I know oh, I've no. been seeing that a lot more lately is we'll have airliners request VFR thinking that they can just jump a 15 or 20 plane approach queue. Uh, BFR is not an acceptable response, especially if you're in a jet. Uh, if you're taking off and, you're, and you are being contacted by an approach controller, going, you know, certain altitude, certain speed, don't request BFR. Radar vectors, flight following, don't do BFR. It's funny to me is that we've got, uh, you know, people like Heavy Driver, actual triple seven pilot, who's saying, look, guys, even even if you factor in winds aloft. Airplanes aren't flying at these speeds. Sure, you might have that one scenario where you track a flight and you see it flying at 600 knots ground speed. That's so rare, and they're not trying to race anybody to another airport on Friday night flight. They just, so just have good conditions. They've got good conditions, and, and mm -hmm. this what we have to remember, I think, is that infinite flight is so different from the other mobile flight simulators that are out there. You're not flying with anybody else on these other ones. And so... You know, in these small regions that we've got so far, you've got you're approaching an airport. You've got to put put a little bit of realism into it, in you know, for your benefit, for other people's benefit, for the air traffic controller benefit, and just you know realize that no, we don't have airframe restrictions yet in terms of speeds and stuff like that. That would be amazing. I think that's that ultimately would be the best uh, solution to all of this. But even then under a certain altitude, you still have to comply. So anyway. Yeah, we didn't see, we don't see the outcry of the 250 under 10 rule. I mean, granted that's actual or, you know, whatever, but this is too, if you would just fly like the aircraft is intended to be flown. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think that's well, the, look at the goal. regions that we do. I mean, the, 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 the longest distance in a region, I believe is going to be the Singapore region where you're flying from Singapore to Kuala Lumpur or back. And Joe, you and I have flown that several times. And I mean, the flight plan will be close to 200 nautical miles. Yeah. And we typically fly that, you know, at 26,000, you know, 24 to 26,000 or whatever. But at 320 indicated. Next, you know, flight level 43. Right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, but we normally fly that at 320 indicated. 
and it takes us what 20 25 minutes to get from singapore to kuala lumpur yeah you know that's 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 plenty that's a nice casual flight you know there's no need in going any faster than that yeah and for those that are wondering you know where this temporary solution is ending up i think the ultimate goal and the goal with anything in infinite flight is to be more realistic so um, what we're looking at is to have limitations for each aircraft so um, i'm sure as heavy driver could tell you if you were overspeeding the aircraft you'd begin getting warnings um, until eventually i mean the aircraft just wouldn't be able to withstand that sort of speed and and pressure. So um, what Mark and I are working on is um, gathering some information that could help make this a little more realistic to where it's uh, the speed issue is being controlled automatically rather than being enforced by the controllers. And I'll leave it at that. Yep. Beauty. Thanks, guys. But I will say this. I will say this controllers you know right now they should be giving a speed warning to you um but when the a moderator is flying a moderator has the ability to ghost pilots as well while we're flying we do not have to be atc and so if some if you are ghosted and you haven't gotten a warning chances are you were ghosted by one of us uh, I know last night in San Francisco, one of the smallest regions, <laughs> there was an Airbus at uh, 13,000 feet flying almost 900 knots. I wow. had one the other night at uh, 9,500 feet going 1,400. Jeez. Yeah. And guess what? You're going to get ghosted every time. Absolutely. Yep. So We will add that slide to the why did I get ghosted feature on the forum. There you go. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thanks for the info, guys. We'll look forward to updates on how all of this progresses. But in the meantime, slow down. Just enjoy the flight, man. Just enjoy the flight yeah. and let everybody else enjoy theirs. That's right. So, Tyler, you mentioned to me earlier that you were about to do some simulator training. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Air Force selected me to go um, to their tower simulator training course. There's a company called Adacel, and their headquarters is actually located like on the uh, Orlando International Airport property. And it's a week course, and um, we have really every airport has a tower simulator, um, and it mimics exactly what you'll see uh, for that airport's day-to-day operations. And it's usually, I guess, like a five or six screen um, simulator and you can actually talk just like you would to a normal aircraft and the uh, simulator knows what you're saying and it will respond and the aircraft will do different things. So I'm going to go to this course um, at the end of July and uh, I'll be a tower simulator administrator so I can go back to my base and create new sims and learn how to input different events and um, allow aircraft to spawn at different times or I mean really there's endless possibilities for the sim you can have an aircraft catch on fire state an emergency literally anything you can think of you can impose the joshy the joshy yeah. curse yeah. on joshy. on an airplane you can have <laughs> aircraft flying upside down you can have aircraft crash land so that sounds like a blasty blast yeah nice so we've been uh, scanning slack here to see if there have been any good questions asked of course you you put out a blanket question to these guys and you get a <laughs> free for all. That's yeah, a sh- show. Simon, Simon's asking actually if uh, there's going to be some sort of a ATC controller of the month award. W- weren't we talking about something similar to that a little while ago, Tyler? It wasn't really yeah, controller there is. of the month. but and Yeah, right now I share all the stats. I share them weekly on Slack just so people know. Um, so the controllers know how many operations they've gotten, how long they've controlled and stuff like that. So the end goal here, once we get through um, some of these smaller projects Mark and I are working on, is to transfer um, some of these stats to the forum so that every week we can show you know, how many operations the controller had per day for that week, maybe how many operations they had uh, just for the F&F period and stuff like that. And uh, it would be really neat 
Um, this is probably a little premature. I haven't really gotten this far, but it would it would be really cool to see um, controllers or even pilots who, you know, are at the top of those leaderboards every week to have a badge or something like that on the forum. Um, really, so we can kind of build up some competition here. Because there's, I mean, there's been people that, uh, who was it, a couple of weeks ago that had 10,000 operations in one week set. I don't remember who Anybody that was. Anybody remember who that was? That had to be G or Tom, I would say. I think it was G, yeah. Yeah. Was so this would be cool to recognize. Uh, it was in a week, uh, but it would yeah, be really cool like just to recognize day. some of the controllers and, and pilots who are extremely active and getting some quality operations. Yeah. Yeah, I I made a comment on IFFG about <clears throat> the speed command, and I think people are pretty quick to to you know jump on our controllers and and stuff. Which I understand some you know they make mistakes. It's okay, they ruin your flight. I understand uh, you know from from oh. your perspective, but these guys are volunteers. You know, it's um nobody's getting paid to do this. I so. think that's a common misconception there is that a lot of people feel like the controllers are somehow paid or obligated to do this but i mean they they enjoy the controlling aspect as much as everyone else enjoys the flying aspect so mm-hmm. um another one of the questions here on slack is you know maybe what leads to controllers not being as active as others and i think a lot of times it's discouraging because they have to deal with um these sessions where you're you're constantly babysitting, you know, the 10 aircraft that are going a thousand knots and they're impossible to control. And you, you spend over 50% of your time, you know, giving warnings, please follow instructions or having to ghost. And it's really not that fun anymore because the pilots aren't doing their part. Imagine if a real life controller had to spend their time, you know, handing out phone numbers and reprimanding people that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. It would be exhausting. Chaos. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what people need to understand is that the controllers, you know, the controllers don't want to ghost people. No, that that's that's not the goal, you know. And that wasn't the goal when we implemented the the new uh, speed restriction. Was oh, well, we just you know we don't want to just arbitrarily ghost people out there left and right. We're we're trying to make this, you know, as community friendly as possible for everyone, and. You know, yeah, the controllers do deal with a lot. Now, they have to deal with me and Joe primarily a lot. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, uh, they don't go without saying, "How can I justify this ghost when Mark or Joe message me?" Because mm-hmm. that's that's what's going to happen. I mean, they are held to a higher standard. And you know, I made this point, I think, in on the forum the other day is is they have oversight, they have moderation, they have you know, certain things set in place where if, if they jack around, then you know what? They can be suspended or removed from the ATC program. The pilots don't have that. So, I mean, the controllers are held to a much higher standard while not getting paid, while constantly taking abuse from, you know, IFFG and form and, and everywhere else. So, you know, a little appreciation for what they do is, is nice. You know, somebody posted on the forum the other day about how much they – enjoyed the the atc service somewhere that was definitely a, a refreshing post to see you know you automatically see atc service like oh god what am i gonna have to deal with now but that, <laughs> exactly. i mean that what's was, crazy was nice refreshing cra- post to read and that is it is so nice to see our pilots actually go in and start complimenting our controllers because our controllers do go through a lot um you know and even though a lot of them are younger you know they've got school that they have to uh, deal with they have their homework their studies and all of that a lot of uh, the older controllers have you know work family and all that but they still invest a lot of time into controlling and if our pilots would actually just follow atc instruction it would be uh, a, a more pleasurable experience for everybody all around and 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 what's important is the and, and guys, you would probably agree in the complaints that we deal with, I would say 90% or more that when a pilot goes on and says, I was ghosted for no reason, turns out to be pilot error. Yeah. After because we spend a lot of time investigating this stuff. Because, yep. you know, if the controller was in the wrong, then you know that controller is going to be held accountable. But if pilots um, are going to complain about something, make sure 
it is a valid complaint. Have screenshots yeah, of that, the map. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, screen, yeah, have screenshots of the map and of the log. And if you're going to file a complaint, validate your complaint. Don't just say, oh, well, the controller sucked. I, did, I wasn't doing anything wrong, and I was ghosted. Well, nine times out of ten, in a line to land. Yeah. Well, nine times out of ten, guess what? The pilot was in the wrong. Yeah. And and we, that's that's what we want to remedy. And we're not wanting to discourage feedback on controllers. That's some of the no, best learning learning situations we can we can get is you know, hey, in this situation, here's what you did. Here's what you should have done. Now, yeah, the pilot was wrong by you know turning left or right, but you could have worked it back in instead of ghosting. So, I mean, we're not trying to discourage people from complaining, but just just saying, oh, yeah, uh, he sucks. He, you know, wouldn't let me land. Well, you know, were there 30 planes on the ground waiting to take off? You know, those are important details that, that we need to know. Right. But and and appreciate it for sure. Absolutely. And there are so many times that a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of times to where both the pilot and the controller were both right, but also both wrong in certain things. So, you know, it's a learning experience for everybody. It's a complete learning experience all the way around. All right. Before we move on, Joe, you've been posting some of these ghosting screenshots um, with names and things like that redacted from them, but as examples, right? On And, and in a positive way and, and learning experiences on the forum. Um, yes. What, what category yeah. can we check to to read? Uh, I those? believe it's under the ATC section of live. Uh, Carson pinned it. I don't know if it's still pinned, but it it was at one point. And you know, I get a lot sent to me since I started doing this, and I try not to be repetitive on them. Right. Uh, you know, we do see a lot of the same mistakes. You know, just the remaining in the pattern, but you know, with a flight plan to a different airport, uh, those aren't ghosted. But you know. We do try to use those as learning, but uh, I'm still going to post those, you know, whenever I get them and, and feel like it's a good learning opportunity for people. Awesome. So, Tyler, I just want to ask you about uh, and ask you if you could share some details on a new aircraft call sign contest, is it or a competition of some kind? Yeah. So as it was confirmed uh, previously, uh, we are working on the 787. So we thought a really cool way to get the community involved um, would be to have a contest. And the winner of that contest could actually have their call sign on um, one of the new aircraft. So you see, um, which is it? The Dash 8 has uh, Delta 1 Zulu Yankee, which is for uh, Infinite Flight Moderator and Support uh, David. So we're going to kind of extend that out to the community so stay tuned for more on that contest you'll hear from mark and i and uh that'd be a really neat opportunity you could actually have your name or your call sign on uh, an aircraft oh and and it'll be a realistic uh tail number not you know not something <laughs> stupid like super. we see every day yeah <laughs> It will be, uh, you know, it'll have to be country specific, you know, whatever call sign that you would want to have on there, it, whoever the winner is. Right. So, <clears throat> so it can't be American or what, what is it? Southwest super flight of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that. The other way you can get your call sign on an airplane is just to be really, really awesome all the time. Yep, I've heard. Or uh, have a PayPal, and you could send money directly to uh... <laughs> yeah, infiniteflight dot com. Rotate yeah, at flightcast dot audio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll work on that for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on it. Uh, guys, this has been really cool. I'm glad we did this. And uh, anything else you guys want to add before we go? Uh. Any other questions you uh, saw jumping off the page on Are you going to play uh, your new theme song as the outro today? We didn't start the fire? Yeah, we need to know who started the, the fire. <laughs> I can't. can't yeah, actually, I, I think there were a few questions. Um, so I saw one asking about the ATIS. Yeah. And I have covered this on the forum quite a few times, For but for those of you that listen and aren't on the forum, um, the ATIS was kind of pushed down on the list a little bit. There's some more important things that I think... Um, 
the Infinite Flight ATC program as a whole needs, uh, just to control the airspace a little bit better. And also, everything that you can find on the ATIS right now can also be found on the map page. So if you're wondering what the weather is, the runway in use, all of that, um, even the TAF, everything is on the map page. So I felt that the uh, developer's time could be spent a little better we're working on some things that would, would truly help us in-app, not necessarily just cool to listen to. And we already have some issues, you know, keeping people on frequencies. So adding the ATIS might have really just added more problem. Um, so in the future, when it can be done right, it will be added. Uh, but right now, there were some more important things. Okay. Beauty. Anybody else? All right. Oh, we're good. Good. All right. Guys, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Joe. Anytime. So nice to have you oh, back. Yeah. I know. It's been a while. <laughs> like riding a riding a dysfunctional horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> having you back on the show is like riding a dysfunctional horse. <laughs> I like having given from the man in Kentucky. I like having yeah. you giggling in the background. It's good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Uh, And to our listeners, thanks as always for listening. If you haven't already, head over to the App Store or Google Play and download Infinite Flight. For more of the podcast, visit our website and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or YouTube. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash flightcastaudio and on Twitter at flightcastaudio. If you have any ideas for the show, please do leave them in the comments. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. We can always use your financial support to keep us going, and now a way to do that is to head over to flightcast.audio slash shop and get your very own Flightcast hat, t-shirt, and other accessories. You can donate by visiting flightcast.audio and clicking the yellow donate button in the sidebar. To cover the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell. Thanks for listening, and happy landings. Did you just make it through the one take? Hello. Actually, two or three times he's made it through the entire outro. No. Well, it's been a year. I think it's almost been a year. When did I release my first? Been about a year. Yeah. Twenty-five episodes ago. I'm sure the first one we talked about me starting my PPL. Ten years later, we're (laughs) talking about how I'm ever going to finish it. Now that you've retired from the Air Force. Drawing Social Security, how is that uh, EPL come along? Obama. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. I I was watching. (laughs) I'm on my 39th Czech Airman now. uh, (laughs) I've failed them all. Fog. Fog. (laughs) (laughs) I've washed them all out and become friends with their wives. That's right. Now we babysit their children. Now we watch their kids because they can't afford a babysitter because I kicked them out of the Air Force.